Hello podcast friends, I hope you're all well, happy and healthy wherever in the world you are and welcome back, welcome to episode two. I'm not going to make a big introduction into this episode but I'm going to tell you that it really, it really made me think this one, it made me dig quite deep into my understanding and my thinking about what home is and if you are a bit of a nomad you probably know that's not an easy topic to unpack but here's the attempt. I'll start with a story about my friend Anna and I. A few years ago we sat over a bottle of wine or five, um, one bottle of wine and we talked about our weird, wonderful and often also quite terrifying experiences of house shares. So we talked about places where we lived and more importantly about the people that we lived with and our experiences of that, our shared experiences of of these homes in most random places in the world. And we had a collection, we came up with a collection of absolutely mad stories, as well as some really beautiful, touching, gentle stories of unlikely friendships and unexpected and, and also unexpectedly shared experiences and you know nothing tickles me as much as hearing a good story and and telling one too actually so I'm going to make a bit of a copyright alert here because next we thought about making a short small documentary I guess about all these places all these houses all these flats all these homes we shared with people who were maybe friends or maybe started us complete strangers and we thought the best way around it would be to meet and go together with these people to our old homes and sit down or walk around and talk about the lives that we shared in these places at that time and and talk honestly about our experiences of these times and 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 seeing how our memories compare you know might be might end up being quite tragic when someone tells you god I really hated living with you an absolute messy chaotic nightmare mind you I probably wouldn't be that surprised but I think quite a lot of beautiful stuff um, could come out of it we, we never made that movie but I remember the idea and I remember this idea very fondly I still you know it's still somewhere there in my procrastination shell in my in my brain's procrastination oven and it came back to me when I was preparing today's episode and today's episode is about moving and is about home and really it is about home but I think moving creates a very interesting backdrop against which I really enjoy thinking about the concept of home and thinking about what home means to me. And the episode is sponsored by my latest move just over a month ago. And the latest move that was quite emotional and, and one that made me think quite a lot about home and every single aspect 
of what I consider to be home. I think it's important to give you just a little bit of a background. I am a mover. I'm I'm one of these people who has moved a lot and I try to sit down and count all the flats that I moved in the last 10 years or so and it came up to way over 20 times I mean significantly over 20. Most of it I moved for work I mean big chunk of it in fact but even so it still was my choice it was my choice my decision to relocate when the offer was there and my moves often involved going across countries sometimes across continents and often moving you know two three times each year between different countries not to mention different flats there were definitely more of of those and only in the past five six years I've had more stable more settled um life which was really forced by circumstances but I'll, I'll talk about that on another occasion when I just told you about my over 20 moves the thought itself just makes me tired I am tired from just thinking about all these moves but you know in the same time I appreciate how privileged I have been to have been able to do that and to have been able to experience it and to have been able to see so much of the world and no doubt I would do it again at the drop of a hat if I had another go. The moment I know or have to move that moment when your landlord tells you right um you rent this up by 400 pounds <laughs> what do you do phone a friend no there are two things that come to my mind the moment i know right i will be moving in a month in two weeks in three months first thing boxes you know boxes that you assemble yourself i start every move by ordering an obscene amount of boxes estimation is not my strength (laughs) i don't love boxes but i sort of say to myself and i am quite a chaotic disorganized packer and mover but when i start with ordering boxes and these boxes arrive and there are definitely too many of them i think right this is my attempt at organizing my life this time it will be different yet packing boxes is my absolute worst nightmare i just have a thing about square things i know that they are a sort of universal method of carrying belongings from point a to b you know, we see that on the movie, someone gets sacked and there they are with the boxes in front of the bank. But really, is something so square? Is something so perfectly square really the best we can do as a human race to transport our belongings? Why, please, hasn't anyone invented something more appropriate? Like, and I don't mean these black bin liners. I mean more like some soft shape shifting thing like um imagine you put a bunch of things <laughs> on, onto the floor and say you've got lots of cups and a keyboard and um i don't know some books and they're, they're sort of gathered together and then you put onto it a slime like I mean, that's how I imagine it. Slime-like substance that envelops them and then solidifies 
but solidifies in such a way that it's protective. It's like a you know the the new the new bubble wrap, and then when it solidifies, you just lift it and you move it, and then when you bring it to a new place, it desolidifies, but it's not yucky. And then it's just there. I think that would be easier, right? I think it would be more interesting to pack things than packing them into boxes. Alternatively, a minimizer. How is this not a thing yet? Just something that shrinks stuff. And I'm not saying shrink people, you know, I'm just saying shrink things. How, how has it not been invented yet? How? If anyone knows how to do either of these things, please call me. <laughs> we make millions together. I am quite a chaotic packer. I said that already. I start really well. I say, well, shoes here, cups here, stuff here, stuff there. And then a few hours later, everything is all over the shop and I'm sat on the floor crying or quite close to crying. Also, if anyone ever needs boxes, chances are I have plenty because it's my thing. That's the first thing when it comes to moving. The second thing is what I refer to as the reckoning. And when I first started moving quite a bit, when I moved twice a year or so, I started implementing this project. It involved taking stock, but purely physically, physical stock of all my belongings. And that meant going through everything that I owned and seeing whether, one, I used it regularly, two, whether I needed it, and three, whether I wanted it. And if two out of three of these answers were no, as in, no, I don't use it, no, I don't need it, but I really want it. When two out of three no's strike, I then got rid. I would usually donate it or give it to someone who will answer yes to two out of three um, questions. And I, I lived quite religiously by it. I thought it was a good exercise. I I thought also sometimes a little bit painful, but had to be done. And it helped me organize myself a little bit better and less of a box burden in result. So my last move was from a really nicely sized flat nicely sized flat in London. Imagine. Oh, I need to tell you that I rent. I'm a renter. I know. Um, Many commiserations to other renters out there represent. And let's share the hope that landlords one day will stop running this city. You know, when you rent, especially when you rent in London, when places are small for people with normal budget by normal I mean non-million like budget I found that reckoning had to be a little bit harsher so if I hit one of the three no's in answer to my reckoning questions do I do I use it do I need it do I want it that meant a call that meant a goodbye to that item and I was downsizing quite significantly so I knew I had to be harsh in anticipation of that downsizing I was trying to be really careful and buying new stuff and honestly I have not bought a new item of clothing since 2018 um, with an exception of underwear and some shoes But since I stopped doing that, since I stopped buying new things, since I stopped shopping on the high street or anywhere else that produces new, 
I had moments where I go a bit mental on Vinted and eBay and, you know, things just happen. So still, I didn't feel half as awful as I could have felt, but I still had to sit down and do the reckoning and ask myself these really uncomfortable questions. Why do I own two sequined play suits that look very similar to each other? Look, of course, everyone needs one, but two? What possible emergency was I envisaging when getting the second one? Like, why? What sort of disco madness was I anticipating to be happening over the course of five days? Dear Lord, tiara. I found a tiara, like a really sparkly, massive tiara. I can't remember buying it. Did I sleep by it? Why? Like, where was I going during the pandemic? What was happening in my life that made me think, I need these? And then there are the various clothes that are definitely not my size. Are they mine? They are mine. They're hanging there. (laughs) They're more like hanging in there, hoping for the day I shape shift into size 8 might not happen anytime soon. So it's tough to face your stuff and it's tough to say goodbye to it, especially when you, like me, might have some sort of story or little anecdote connected to um, an item of clothing or I am maybe a bit too sentimental for this reckoning game, but I I look at the dress and yeah, I no longer fit. Um, I can't fit into it. But I remember when I wore it for something really nice and it was a wonderful evening where all friends gathered and we celebrated someone's engagement. Oh, I don't know, just something that reminds me of happier times. It's quite difficult to part with, but harsh reckoning had to happen. So boxes and the reckoning, these are the two things, a very, very basic surface of things um, related to move and then also a bit related to home, I think. And then you scratch a little bit, scratch that surface a little bit. And I think moving then reveals itself to be a very emotional process that has quite a lot of symbolism attached to it. And as humans, we often move in quite big moments of our lives. You know, you're moving in together with someone. And the reverse of that, you know, you're moving out after a relationship breakdown. You're moving on your own after living in house shares. Or you're moving into house shares after living by yourself. You're starting a home with someone you starting a home by yourself, you're living a family home, you're moving back to your family home, you're buying your first place. All these things, all these moments are riddled with hope, with fear, with excitement, with failure, with achievement, with relief, with pain, despair, joy. I can name more emotions. But I think so many of them, so many of them come up during this big move moment. And I'm not saying that this happens at all times. Honestly, I moved so many times in the last 10 years 
and loads of it, me and my two faithful companions, um, companions, it's a weird accent coming from somewhere, my two faithful companions um, in the form of big black suitcases, would just relocate elsewhere. The concept of home had a very different meaning. A hotel for a few weeks was a home and I wouldn't think about it. I definitely wouldn't overthink it, but I wouldn't think about it too hard because other things were happening in my life. My work life was really intense. I felt really committed to what I was doing. I felt a real sense of purpose, real sense of mission. The thought about home was put somewhere 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 in the backdrop it was there but it was not something that I felt the need to think too much about for better or worse and having moved so many times I think my emotional response to these moves was significantly reduced purely because the moves were so frequent and they were not attached to any particular other significant events or any particularly emotional life event. And of course, look, I felt really sad to leave a country, to leave a city, to leave people behind. But at the end of the day, I felt, you know, there were there were quiet emotions that were there, especially when the plane takes off and you maybe shed a tear or two. But I felt that in most of these situations, I could always go back and visit and if not immediately then maybe at some point in the future maybe sometimes in a few years Mm, and even though even though there was no I didn't have that emotional response to the move I still have a really clear memory of moving and very clear memories of things that were happening around my moves honestly in such vivid vivid details um that I often question why I remember them so well and so much better than, you know, things that happened last year or couple of years. And interestingly, there has been some research done into these. And um, in 2020, it was published in the Journal of Experimental Psychology. It was a research led by someone called Carolyn Enns and her team. She asked participants over the age of 65 to recall five memorable experiences they had between the age of 40 and 60, so over the course of 20 years. And then she asked them to identify the most important residential move they had during these 20 years. There were 150 um, people participating in this um, research. And Carolyn's theory was that periods of life that involve major transitions, such as, for example, moving a house, should give rise to a higher density of memories. And this is because the transition give people um, and, and give these individual events a novel, interesting, different backdrop. And that means that memories memories of of these of these moves and of these events are laid more firmly in our brain and and often it's because they're rehearsed more frequently like we talk more frequently about a big move that you know that that was significant in our lives the researchers correlated all the answers and they found that on average 
1.3 of each participant's five memorable experiences occurred around a move. So around 26% of their memorable experiences occurred around a move. And the researchers um, only thought it would be maybe half of that. And they they dubbed this concept as a relocation bump, meaning that in very simple terms, and I I apologize for oversimplifying it, um, it's mainly to for for my own benefit. It's that memories around me- memories of events that happen around moves are much stronger than they are otherwise so that's my that's my relocation bump and that may explain um why my memories of things that happen around these moves even you know 10 years ago 12 years ago are quite vivid now this last move um the last move of a month or so ago was very different to all the previous ones i have to say it was it felt it felt like something really big was happening it made me think quite a lot about my place in this city and about my general direction, my general standing and my general moving in life. And I felt, I really felt for the first time when living in that old flat, I I felt at home in London and really at home. I mean, at home with a big H and I really did not want to move. You know, I really wanted to stay there at my home. I suppose renters dilemma, right? Landlords who run this city, they really care very little about how you feel about the place that belongs to them. So I think because I lived there also during the pandemic, it was a time for many of us, I guess, not just for me, to think about um, ourselves and to ask questions and actually even answer some of them. And I loved, I loved the space that I was in. I loved the space that flat gave me. I loved my surroundings, um, even though it was quite noisy outside and there was very little light in the flat. But I met a dog in my building whom I grew to love and I made a friend who was a neighbor and is the owner of the dog um, and now a very good friend it was the first time in London that I knew a neighbor it felt incredible and importantly my flat had a table it was amazing it was a place where people could meet and and that really made it a home it was a place where i could invite people whenever very much a place where anyone could come by at any time door was always open but it was also double locked because my place got burgled so i'm not romanticizing it i realized that bad things happened too and it was an awful burglary awful in a sense that really rattled me i wasn't at home thankfully i'm really grateful for that um but hardly anything was taken the flat was sort of he left, and I'm saying he because I have seen him on CCTV, he left the flat upside down. He literally looked through everything, like including my diary. It was so violating. He um, ate some sugar-free cookies while reading a leaflet, leaflet about nutrition. 
in Polish. Um, he looked everywhere. I mean, kitchen, bathroom, living room, wardrobe, and has taken hardly anything, probably no more than 10 quid in spare change and maybe a ring, but I'm not even sure about that. So, you know, that leaves you quite rattled. Burglary leaves you quite rattled anyway, but that one left me wondering, what what did he actually want? And um, I also had two COVIDs in that flat and a very lonely Christmas and lots of other very sad things happened when I was living there. So, um, you know, these these walls, those walls rather, really heard all types of crying in there. And and it is within those walls um, that I was working through that sadness. But it was home. And I think, you know, that made it a home too, that mix of happy and sad and tragic and scary and beautiful, wholesome experiences. And, and a place where all these experiences could be safely lived. And living there really helped me understand what I consider home right now. And that moving and roaming the world and really giving in to my itchy feet. With all that, it took me a while to properly actually ask that question and then answer it. And as of today, home to me is a place where I can bring people together whether there's a table or not you know sometimes the floor will do because a home was a different thing for me at very different times in my life and very likely what I consider home now will change too and I'm curious and I'm curious to see how it will change but for now I really enjoy having realized what I realized and I hope that I can create home where I am now and and also wherever I end up next and this is a really big thing for me and I think because of that moving from that old home was very difficult because it did mean leaving a part of a really important experience behind of a really important realization that's my slightly chaotic thought about home and I think it is chaotic because of how chaotically I have reached my conclusions on it but again I wouldn't have it any other way and if any of you are moving or are about to move or have just moved I hope it goes well I hope it went well I hope I hope it, it's not been a move in sad circumstances but if it has I hope you do find hope um, that things will eventually look up and for those of you who are exploring the concept of home and what it means do share if you can I would really love to hear about it and Anna if you're listening to it I hope we can make that movie one day anyway take care And until next time, stay well.